Okay, here we go. Oh crap! Ready. What? <laughs> I don't know. I gotta go get my. I gotta go get my note card while I wrote my. Okay. Down. I'll be okay. right back. Okay. All right. This is gonna be a great episode. I can already tell. Oh, hello, the internet. <laughs> you know what this means? It's time for the internet's favorite substitute teacher, and welcome to season one eighty six, episode two of the Daily Zeitgeist production of iHeartRadio. Yes, we know it's the podcast. We take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. My name is Miles Gray, a.k.a. Chu Guevara. Thank you so much to JPEG 2000 Mafia for that one. I'm still on the Chug train. Shout out to Anna for my, uh, you know, Chuggy mug. I will I will <laughs> pose with it. You will see it with me. It wasn't just Jack who has one. No. And because it's just me hosting today, that means we got to tag someone in. We need a co-host. And I am thrilled to be joined by today's guest co-host. Uh, you know, somebody who is, is going to drag me to the movie theaters for probably one of the most memorable experiences of my life. You may remember from the last time she was on. But please welcome my co-host today, the brilliant and talented, hilarious Joelle Monique. I am back on TVZ. All these new people are following me. Gonna try to be funny. Ah, ah, ah. They say these fans are fucking sweet. With Jack on now, it's up to me. Miles and I on a shoe spree DZ. Joelle's in here. Hey. Oh. You probably don't know that song because it's brand new, but I'm obsessed with it. We're going to talk about Olivia Rodrigo today. So I decided to do one of her songs and make some intro music. I have a whole new appreciation for the fans who write these because it was hard. It took time. Yeah, it was like it's, actual work ethic installed well, it, in this. And you're doing like custom content to like just dropped albums too. So yes, I'm trying to you know help, what? okay? I'm bringing the energy, positivity. I wasn't, I wasn't on the song track for a long time. My brother shamed me. Uh, he was like, "You're not as good as Jamie. The bar has been set." So I'm trying to, I'm trying to meet it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to just be as good a co-host as Jamie. You know what? Well, that that intro did not leave a sour taste in my mouth. I'll tell you hey. that. Shout out to that album, and we will talk about that. But first, we have to introduce our guest. This guest is just one of the absolute legends of the show. I feel like I don't even have to say his name. I'm, I should just be like, "Yo, just start talking." But I'm not going to do that. I will give this person a proper intro. This man. Is you know he's just he he's near and dear to our hearts. He's a brilliant comedian, a wonderful musician, uh, and we'll get to actually talk about music today because when we're talking music, we got to have this man here. I am thrilled, and we are thrilled to have our guest today, Mr. Chris Crofton. Hey, what's up? What's Welcome. up, Miles? Hi, Joel. I'm doing hey. good. I'm I'm doing pretty. Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Nice. I mean, you know, good to see you. Relative. I got yeah. audio. I got audio. Yeah. I, I'm. You sound. Butter, baby. I got man. It. Someone sent me a microphone. You know, if you act helpless long enough, people will send you. A <laughs> I love it. It's really true. It's a passive aggressive way to get through life. You just act like a. <laughs> finally, someone will be like, "God damn it! Give me, Jesus. get out! Just here, give here, do this!" Jesus, wow. <laughs> I've used car. that so long. When I was in a band, I could. I don't know how to hook anything up. So you stand there in just a. Big spaghetti pile, of course, right. and then eventually someone will just have had enough and just come over and just say, "Give me these things." Yeah, that's You're like how it. I never bought a pedal when I played. Like, yeah, I'll I would buy always one, have though. another guitar. Oh, I would do the worse. thing where I'll I'm just like, buy one oh. and hold it up or like p- plug it in backwards, and then someone else will be like, Give "Oh, me I'll that. just ask like a dude with a massive pedal board, like, what do you think? Like, I could like throw on here to make it sound better? Like, oh, dude, 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 dude. Oh yeah. And then next thing you know, I haven't paid for pedals, but I give them back. Either way. We digress. Chris, yeah. it's great to have you on. 
We, Thanks, we're, we've been here. saving so much. We didn't even speak before we started recording because we had to save so much for the podcast. We got to save it for the podcast, which is <laughs> and the now new we're to- here. It's the new talk to the hand. I think <laughs> it's like- better than Chugi. It's better than Chugi. Come on. Chugi? Who invented that? I'm I know serious. now. I'm so mad about Chugi. Now we're getting, I think this is going to require like deeper analysis because I'm now I'm feeling like a little dubious like where did this word come from who yeah is this a psyop uh-huh. from the fucking CIA yep. I don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean that thing's connected it's connected to the mainframe exactly <laughs> but Chris we're gonna ask you a few more questions to learn yeah, even sure. more about you but first we got to tell people what we're gonna talk about first uh we're gonna talk about Maxine Waters because uh you know we talked about Jim Clyburn uh and his like what he was willing to negotiate with these police reform bills it turns out Maxine Waters is of the same belief we are thinking what are you thinking Jim Clyburn no we can't take qualified immunity off the table if we're looking for meaningful reform we'll check in with Trump's little blog, because it turns out it ain't shit. Um, I know we've talked about some of the things that he's posted on his really cool word site, but there's now the data that's looking at it, and it's it's, it's not great. Uh, then we have to talk. We've convened just three great minds to discuss music, and in particular, the Olivia Rodrigo album Sour, which has taken over the internet, has all this, it's kicked off all kinds of intergenerational take warfare of like, you think, you didn't, oh, what do you mean there's no emo? You don't know what emo, look, it's everything and nothing at the same time. And this is probably the best three people to talk about this. And Chris, you did actually, you put your ear to that a little bit, right? I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Fantastic. Everybody needs a 52 year old white guy's perspective on Olivia yes. Rodrigo. Yeah, that's important. This is, and this is the place they're coming for it. Watch this number. This episode is going to do numbers because they're they're going to be like, man, I was checking out some of the bands that old white guy was talking about. They're oh, pretty man. good. Yeah, it's hard to get their records. They're out of print and stuff. But, but there's even going to be even more than that. But first, Chris, we got to ask you, our guest, our esteemed guest, what is something from your search history? That is going to just show us even more of who you are. Than <laughs> are you sure you want to ask? Of you course. sure you want to ask this yes. question? Maybe. Yes. Well, I mean, I have this new podcast, right? So mm-hmm. it's called Cold Brew Got Me Like, which is not surprising. And a Twitch that's show. My... Yeah, and a Twitch show. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at this. So the- <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly actually you. a Twitch show. I'm like, it's the helpless thing. And I'm like, see, this guy's not even fucking promoting his Twitch show. And it's a Twitch show, right? I came on here mm-hmm. specifically. I said to Anna, can I get a Monday so I can say the, because then I, the show goes on tomorrow, right. Tuesday. So then I can say to, tonight. I can say cold brew got me like tonight on Twitch at 630 Pacific. Hey. And guess what? I got to go to Disneyland tomorrow. So it's on Wednesday. This <laughs> so I'm on. There's a I'm lot to Monday. break down there, Chris. And we have to we have to pause. Why do you have to go to Disney? Yeah. What's going uh, on? It's a it's a long story, but I like a bunch of um, oh, adult children that I'm friends with. Yep, fine. Yep. Yeah. L.A. It's them. L.A. I'll tell that's you fine. why. Los Angeles. That's mm-hmm. why. <laughs> it's like let's all go to Disneyland when we're forty and pretend I don't know. Pretend like forty. I thought you just say you're fifty two, Chris. Don't start lying. I'm, now not, on this I'm not. I'm not. I am fifty two. That's even worse. But like the people who are mostly going are around forty. Sure. Yes. And they're gonna do acid. Yes. Oh, Chris. Do you think that's good? Us. Wait. Listen, listen, now everybody's gonna be tuned like into your time. social media. I want to go to I'm not Haunted Mansion acid. on acid. 
I would not like to ride the Guardians of the Galaxy, formerly Tower of Terror, on acid. No, that sounds like much. a freaking nightmare. But uh, or it's a small world. I think please avoid those two rides. You do not want to have someone have a breakdown there. That's going to be a problem. But <laughs> but the Dumbo ride on <laughs> all the children looking at you like you're nuts. Yeah, fantastic. Anything and, that goes like we. Yeah. It will feel already, really nice. Anything that's like, no, what the I, fuck? Huh, huh, huh. Like, you know. See, Joel, this is this is exciting for you because you're not 40 or 52. Oh, okay. okay. That's is the that thing it? is, yeah, for you to go, I, I'm assuming, you know, you look like to me like you're 25. Or I'll take two. it, Chris. Thank you. Okay, okay. Thank you. So whatever you are, you're certainly in the age group where doing acid is, you know, maybe a fine decision. Yeah, you it's know? fun. Like, for, for, for me, this would be the first time I, if I decided to do acid, it'd be mm. the first time I did acid since 1991. <laughs> which I, just, I think if I'm going to do that, I might not want to jump right in at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's swinging for the fences. security issues. There, Especially since, and here's the thing that surprises me is I don't understand how when you're, and these people are my friends, they're nice people, but I don't know how they can go uh-huh. to something like Disneyland and like take acid and not like think about their credit rating and their relationship <laughs> with their mom and and like and like because at Disney you're an eternal child. I have seen full grown adults pop on some Mickey ears and take two drinks of whatever their liquor stuff is. Yo, we like you to know, drink at the tiki place before we get inside. You know how and- I could see that acid hitting me in the way you're talking about, Chris? Is yes, yeah. we're there in the happiest place, and I've managed to avoid any like real thinking about maybe the ills of my life. Until you see like a fourteen dollar soda, and then you're that's like, what I'm no. about "Yeah, to or you see a family, and I'm like, that's just like my family. I can see their family dynamic. I feel for that teenager, and then it's all over." <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. You know like, what I mean? Oh. Like, I'll be like, "Oh my god!" You're like, like "I gotta that. go I'm, talk to that young man," and, and <laughs> everything will look like a cap. You know, every ride, I'll be like, "This is a capitalism robot hand. This is a capitalism <laughs> robot hand." You know, like that's my wake problem. up. This is hell. You exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a small world after all. It's a capitalist world after all more let me out of here you know and i'll ruin everybody's time you know they'll be like look at the pirates and i'll be like yeah the pirates of the oh yeah pirates of amazon pirates of jeff bezos the pirates of american imperialism (laughs) yeah why don't they call every ride in here jeff bezos's anus wait so chris are you playing babysitter to all of your 40 year old acid dropping friends well this is the thing that like two years ago i did this already but i had I've only been one other time, and I had a friend with me who wasn't doing acid, so we could be sure, like, sure. it's okay, these people are, you know, I mean, I have a picture from all of us on Space Mountain, because, like, Space Mountain does those automatic pictures, you yes. know, like, and, and, like, you know, I'm, you know, you can see the acid people, because they're, like, yeah, their eyes they're, like, are getting like so much more out of this, yeah, you know what I mean, I'm, like, this is a fun roller coaster, and they're, like, I don't know, I don't know what they're, you know, they're thinking about, I guess, Aztecs or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looked like in their eyes. You know, they're looking at like, they're like they're spiritual was, shit. Yeah, they were like, getting way more out of it, but they weren't getting like what I was. See, if I did acid, I swear I would ruin everybody's time because I would just be like, "This is the military-industrial complex." I mean, right, that's right, all right. I would do. I seriously would be. I'd be like, "Walt Disney was an anti-Semite." Right. <laughs> at least you know yourself <laughs> you well know. enough. Ooh, Hall of Presidents is another thing I think to avoid because the animatronics in that. Oh yeah. I love that Joelle's like on her own. Joelle's already there. Yeah, without being there, you're like, "Oh, Joelle's there oh, right oh. now already." Joelle's like looking around. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not going. In there, I'm not going to the Hall of Presidents. Slavers, but I will go in there. A lot of you, flavors, <laughs> I say. <laughs> like, you like, okay. spent your whole day in there, like teaching the children the real truth. You're like, we right. need one black people to be free. Just turn into a whole hotel. Yeah. <laughs> the Hall of Presidents is soaked in racist blood. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, this guy sucks. 
They're like, Frontierland, let's burn this shit down. Yeah, totally. I mean, seriously, I would end up in a straitjacket in the security office. This is great. They're like, sir, oh, I'm man. sorry. He just read uh, some Howard Zinn and did some acid. He's just yeah, yeah. Kind of Where's the Howard Zinn ride? <laughs> Fuckheads. <laughs> All that to say, so what was in your search history, Chris? Okay, well, what happened was, so, <laughs> since I've had this, Cold Brew Got Me Like This Week is on Wednesday on Twitch. Mm-hmm. That's tomorrow. If you're listening today on Tuesday, the show is on tomorrow on Twitch. It's called Cold Brew Got Me Like, and you go to Twitch at 6.30 Pacific, 7.30 uh, Mountain, 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern, which is funny. There Some people is. got mad. They're like, just don't put Pacific. How am I supposed to know when it is? And I'm like, fuck, Jesus. They're like, I'm busy. Yeah. I'm busy. So I said, save it for the podcast. And then I was like, goodbye <laughs> now. Uh, I don't have one. <laughs> doesn't matter. It's a You're metaphor. Like, exactly. <laughs> It's talk to the hand. It's not really about yeah. podcasts. Anyway, yeah, it's a long story. I'm in prison now because I went to Disneyland on acid when I was 52. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Your political Disney Disney <laughs> 20 years for calling the, just for getting so mad at the Hall of Presidents. I didn't lie. What did I say was even a lie? Wouldn't that be so cool if you got like tased it like it's a small world after all, like ruined everybody's day? That You'd be a folk here. I mean, honestly, Chris, that would you rule. you should launch your relaunch Cold Brew Got Me Like by getting, you know, in an altercation with Disney security for talking old... the truth in front of kids. Acid got me like. Oh, right. no, that's a terrible idea. That would I would you not. You guys should watch Song of the South before you get on Splash I would, yeah, Mountain. Exactly. Tell me yeah, what you yeah, think. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, am I lying? Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? All yeah, right, back okay. off, guys. I'll, I'll settle down. <laughs> hey, little kids, you know what strange fruit is? You know what Nina Simone was talking about in that song? They're like, what is he, what is he doing? This guy is not coming in the spirit of the park. The the spirit of this park is money. (laughs) And this is not part of it. This is about money. I don't know if this guy understands this. Um, Okay. So Cold Brew got me like, I have to find videos. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, we get it. Cold got me like, you guys, your Twitch show. You find your favorite YouTube. I find videos. Okay, so the, my search history is me looking for videos now because I realize that I have like fifteen videos that I like, and then right. there's like a there's then there's a big drop off. Like I have some classics. Like everybody's got a bunch of YouTube videos they like, you know. And right. I have a bunch of weird ones that I like, but now I've been kind of having to look a little deeper. So my mm-hmm. search history is getting weirder and weirder. Like I'm like, <laughs> like the weirdest thing I put in is like diner audio 1980. Like I have oh. sort of fantasy things that'll never come up. You wish we're there. Yeah. 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 Like diner yeah, conversation 1980. Right, right, right. Uh, Tori like, Amos, like, 4K, yeah. 1992. <laughs> that's what you look for? Yo, you know what's, you know what's so funny? so different than what I look that's, for. You know what, though? That's not a lie, Chris. I know there it is. is. That's why it's funny. You can watch a Tori Amos performance from the Montreux Jazz Festival yes. in like 1990 or some shit. I'm and down. these Japanese people brought a fucking 4K camera Hell there. yeah. That's incredible. And shot. The, and it's the most surreal shit to see uh, the Montreux Jazz Festival in the early 90s in fucking 4K because yeah. it you're not like seeing you know that era in that kind of 
sort of digital resolution is jarring. Anyway, well, yeah, it's like yes, watching. I know. It's it's, con- I know Tex, that was in I know, Japan. That, that was in Japan. No, Montreal in Switzerland. Oh, some. Sw- but you said a Japanese person brought the camera. Yeah, because like a Japanese company at the time was testing like HD cameras. There's a lot of oh. experimental HD stuff. Like I've noticed at the Montreal Jazz Festival because I think Japanese people love jazz. Oh yeah, and, so, and jazz people and then, are like, all. Yeah, and I think technology if, if, too. if you're a jazz drummer, also like you're most there's a like a one in three chance you're married to a Japanese person. That's just the law. Yes. Shout out to all my homies. Shout out to shout out to Maya Erskine and her father Peter Erskine. You know, legendary <laughs> jazz drummer for, for Weather Report. Um, oh, Weather all, Report! I love yeah. that you talk about you talk about Weather Report almost every show. I feel like, or at oh, least everyone course. I'm on, they come up, which Whenever, I think is so interesting. <laughs> they have to pick, cut the parts out when I want to talk about Joe Zavinal. That's okay. all they do. That's all so, they do to me. Yeah, anyway, all those guys all are probably say... amazing IT guys. They probably invented 4K when they were taking a break from playing jazz. Like jazz right. is very deeply tied into technology. One hundred percent. So this is technically say, the best looking... music. This is technically the best music. That's what they say at the mantra of jazz. <laughs> so you were German for German. Sorry, what else were you that? looking for? We it's the get, most precise. Have, it's the most precise. You have to say that's what Germans say. It's the you most precise say. music. It is no room for error, which is not mm. true. Okay, so anyway, I just look up tons of <laughs> tons of videos, and and like I'll just tell you one of them I found recently is uh, this guy named Super Joe Reed, who is a stunt. I I really like Daredevils because I grew up. Uh, I was eight years old in 1977, which was prime time for Evil Knievel. So mm-hmm. I, I like looking up. But there's other Daredevils too. You know, I found this guy named Super Joe Reed, which we talked about a couple shows ago, and uh, on Cold Brew got me like the uh, Twitch show. And uh, Super go. Joe Reed is, uh, he's obsessed with jumping over helicopters that are running, like with a motorcycle. Huh. And he also, but this this particular one, I know we got a lot to get to, so I won't do this too long. So <laughs> Super Joe Reed uh, had a motorcycle jump that someone videoed, definitely not in 4K, in oh. like 1996. Turns out the Daredevils are lagging behind the jazz festivals. Yeah. Not surprisingly. Yeah, yeah they're using a exactly. camcorder or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> full full size with a giant videotape in it. Super Joe Reed, anyway, jumped over a, a couple of helicopters. He hired some female daredevils, which he was really into. He was just like, they're female. He's like, there's a couple females that are gonna jump this helicopter. You know, totally sexist. And uh right. and uh <laughs> why aren't they just regular motorcycle jumpers, Super Joe Reed? He's like, because it's 1996. <laughs> so this guy jumped over these and he kept saying how there were no tricks. There were no tricks, there's no tricks, those are real helicopters. But my favorite thing, I, but the trick was that he dug a pit for the helicopter to fly through. So it's like basically almost underground so they could jump it. Mm, okay. But he kept saying no tricks. So whenever whenever anybody says no tricks, there's definitely tricks. Because if there's no tricks, you don't have to say no tricks. You know there what I'm go. saying? You know I what I'm saying, that. Miles. Yeah, I yes. Exactly. I mean, we just went through the Trump administration. We know. Yeah, we know what's going on. <laughs> we went We're savvy. We're yes. savvy now. So we anyway, this guy. On. Yeah. So it's funny that the on video you can see that. Because you're like, how's he going to jump over a running helicopter? And the answer is you you make the ramps go above the helicopter and the helicopter t- kind of goes through a gully. Anyway, yeah. so he kept going, no tricks, no tricks. And then the best part, though, is he yelled about permits forever. He was like, I don't even care if anyone could do this jump. No one could do this jump, first of all. But second of all, no one could do this jump because they wouldn't be able to get the permits. You know how long it took me to get the permits? You get a pilot, a bonded pilot, and a license. You get a military helicopter. You get permissions for the canyon. You get permissions for the desert. You think... So I just love the idea of a bunch of old daredevils sitting around being like, you know what the real stunt is? 
getting the permits. Get the permits. <laughs> yeah. At least you pull that off. Any yeah, asshole can yeah, kill themselves really jumping over a helicopter. He's like, not only is this, there's no trick to this. I'm jumping over a helicopter with two females. But on top of that, you know, I'd like to even see you get the permits for this kind of jump. <laughs> so the real stun is the permits. I love it. Chris, what's yes. something that you think is overrated? Uh, celebrities. Oh, wow. Yes. Even though you even though you have a famous Twitch show, Cold Brew Got Me Like on Even Tuesdays, though I but myself wanted my whole life to be a celebrity because I thought it would solve all my problems. My whole life I thought <laughs> that I wanted to be a celebrity because it, it would give me love without me having to do any work. Right. I have found out that <laughs> also I used to be an alcoholic, Joel, you don't know. So as part of my alcoholism, I was like, what better way to be an alcoholic than be a celebrity? Because then you have handlers, you have like a team, you know, of enablers. Uh, RDJ met his wife that way. Who did? She, Robert Downey Jr.'s wife was his handler. There you go. Set. And that's exactly right. Because I don't want to have to meet people. I don't want to no, have yeah. to like put myself out there. I just want my handler to fall in love with me because I'm a celebrity. Done. That's exactly right. That's what I wanted. It. And I'll never, I'll always have love and I'll never have to do any work. And no rejection. No rejection. Who's going to leave oh, that orbit? Everyone's favorite place on earth. The land of no rejection and failure. Exactly. Also the <laughs> land of no action as well. It's weird how that works. Right. But I mean, no one's going to leave your orbit if you're a celebrity because it's unlimited snacks. That's Until true. your Twitch show, Cold Brew Got Me Like, doesn't start doing it as well There's as it used to. <laughs> <laughs> then you see who's your real friends. There's always, there is always a cliff bar within reach when you're a celebrity for free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's that enough true. to keep your significant other around and even if you're a monster Fiji. even if you're a monster <laughs> you're like he free bases all the time but i get free cliff bars yeah and these like backpacks we get for free i don't know yeah and free backpacks full like cologne and stuff and like free and, like, <laughs> you need it too i can hollywood's overrun with them yeah i have a i have a coffee mug that you can charge your phone uh by plugging your phone into it i got it uh amazing. i got it at the kids choice awards so Anyway, the idea that celebrities, uh, first of all, yeah, because as, as an addict, you're thinking, I used to honestly think that, like, listen, if I get out of hand, I can go to a, you know, a mud bath or whatever it promises. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And they'll and just then, call it exhaustion. Right. And then I can go back to my other lifestyle. So, and they'll also, like, I can go to the doctor whenever I want and they can check if I'm dying or whatever. And then they mm -hmm. say, you're not dying. And then I can do coke. <laughs> they'll also so, you know what I mean? fill out prescriptions for you. Well, hold whatever on, yeah. pill do you want. They got you. Yeah, you're yes. not dying, but your heart can't handle any kind of amphetamines. I will say that. You don't. Yeah, all right, doc, but I'm not dying. So I wanted to hear. Oh, right. Thanks. It's not a okay? deep. No, it's not. It's a good idea. Any of it. None of it's a good idea at all. <laughs> I mean, it's a terrible idea. Yeah, that I'm going to do coke and then find out if I'm still alive and then do coke again. But I really wanted to. I thought, figured if you're rich, you could have a doctor in your house. I mean, look at Michael right. Jackson. Poor Michael Jackson and his own doctor. It was like, you know, give me propofol. And he's like, I can't say no to the king of pop. Yeah. What are we going to say no that. to someone? Even yeah, though I was like, put me to sleep, motherfucker. <laughs> say no at all. But yeah, that's put me to sleep. What did you handler? So what happened? Did you come out the other side? What's your vision now that you have okay. this take? So here's my you, take. My take yeah. is that it was seeing the it was seeing the the Academy Awards, and mm. it was lovely because it looked ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> it looked ridiculous. Everyone involved in it looked like an egomaniac. No one wanted to see uh, Glenn Close do debut or whatever the hell she that was doing. Was awkward. Yeah, <laughs> it's because they're fools. <laughs> Celebrities are nothing but the worst of us in a way. I mean, you know, I'm not saying they're not talented. Some of them I love. But the culture is absurd. And this pandemic 
revealed celebrities to be just what they are, which is completely narcissistic versions of ourselves. And yeah. and once they were stuck at home, they just look like assholes because they were just like kind of people like <laughs> they were just like kind of people. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, I got to no, settle I got down. You. Yeah. I got no, you. Yeah. you know, I remember like, when they did that uh, Imagine All the People video at the top of the pandemic. That was, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, In no. my head was Gal Gadot mm-hmm. when I was thinking that shit right there. <laughs> Yes, it's like this person just spends too much time on their makeup and their hair. This is not someone I should be my that should be my they hero. They are even doing their own makeup and hair. Listen, celebrities have far too much time because people will a organize their life. B, they're the revenue stream for like at least six people. Once you're like at a certain level of oh, celebrity, yeah. no. and those people are gonna make sure you get to where you need to go. So don't worry about driving anywhere. They're gonna send a car for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, your hair and makeup, they'll do that. If you haven't showered, they might even scrub you, or oh, they'll yeah. just deal with your stink. Whatever is easiest yep. for the general team, right? They're gonna pick out your clothes. So you don't have to worry about that. People, we talked about this the other day. We were offended when a celebrity came to our office and had to pay for their own parking. Mortified. We're like, what's happening? Yeah. Why like, did that happen? Oh, they can't pay. They couldn't possibly. This person exponentially wealthier <laughs> than any of us couldn't yeah. possibly pay for and, yeah. it, and it's the whole world opens up to you. And it's like, on the one hand, uh, you don't want to feel bad for a celebrity because they have all of the options, right? And so, of course not. But at the same time, like, that world is so preconditioned that once you, like, if you're even just a little bit talented and you somehow get swept up into this thing, like, that's it. You're off. The extra exceptional celebrity may be like, you know what? I don't, like, a Sinead O'Connor was like, I was really smart to tear up that picture of the Pope. Because I just got to go back home and chill where that's where I like yeah, to be. Yeah, that like, was interesting. I, she was like, I made a smarter decision yeah. for that was my got career canceled. by stepping out of the did. spotlight. She got canceled so, so mm-hmm. hard. For that. She's like the only person who really got canceled in history. Well, that's yeah, not true. Yeah, there was a few articles. I saw that. That's yeah, like where a major... people were like, I don't know if you remember Sinead O'Connor. Like, that's a, that was a cancellation. Oh, yeah. Yes, she got yeah. fucked. Just for ripping up a picture of the Pope, which is completely righteous. There's yeah. nothing yes. wrong with, I mean, in retrospect, it's like, yeah. and even at the time, I was like, who cares about the goddamn Pope? It's like right. tearing up a picture of Queen Elizabeth And now or we whatever. have Congress people who are like, well, they may have been 17 at the time. I don't know. Is oh, it trafficking? And we're over here like, I don't know. Yes. No, oh, yes, fuck. it is anyway. trafficking. There's not debate for this. But to your point about the celebrity thing, yeah, it's, you know, on some level, it's like, sure, the people themselves, they become whatever celebrity culture makes them, right? You know, sure. because it's not that they're, the, like, on some level, yes, yeah, some people who be, get reach that level of celebrity will begin to really, I think, switch gears into what they believe a celebrity is. And then you always have to look for people who try and maintain their humanity through it. Oh, because yeah. Because there are, like, versions where I'm surprised at how, like, humble some people are, not to say that... Mm-hmm. It's, it's all varying depending on who you are, but that there's also just like this thing that they also are uncomfortable with what celebrity culture is and what that means to other people where some like, you know, you'll meet people like, no, nah, I'm just a, I'm just a person. Thank you so much. Like, I can get that. Thanks. No, nah, shout like, out to all the celebrities who refuse to show their kids. Uh, I feel like that's mainly who we're talking about. <laughs> so celebrities yeah. are like, no, my child is not a commodity. It's a person. Please leave right. them alone. Let them develop in private. But I think we also are learning, like you're saying, Chris, too, that when we're all stripped down to like what we really need as human beings, looking at celebrities, like it just feels very vapid or it it doesn't have any substance to it or nourishment. Because like you're saying, it's like these projections of our own egos that we wish to maybe be or can't be. Therefore, it's easy to be invested in this version of a person that we think, you know, it's also to be sympathetic to them. The new media landscape has made it so, like, uh, say the Oscars, it used to be like, 
best picture, you really were often like, oh, wow, that, that those people really did some work, you know? And now best picture is like Mario Kart starring, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like Glenn <laughs> Close. Had, I don't even know why Glenn Close do, did the butt. I didn't even watch it, but I saw, you know, all the takes, of course, because I'm a take She and are best friends, and he called her up, and he was like, yo, Glenn, please. Please do this for the culture. Are they best friends? No, they're not. I'm making the oh. story. <laughs> I was like, that's a better version of Snoop and Martha. Glenn <laughs> <laughs> Close and Plus Love. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of a very elevated duo there. Like, I'm actually oh, like, I want to see that dinner party. So anyway, yes. my punchline that I wrote down was basically, during the pandemic, I found out that the real celebrities are deer and bears. <laughs> Wait. I, from hiking. From hiking, I was so much oh. more excited. You know who's got more oh. to offer? You know who's got more to offer than Glenn Close doing the butt? A deer, a real deer in the forest. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, I just realized that the real celebrities are animals. Yeah. Like actual animals in nature, nature. birds and shit. I'm so much more excited to see a bear. I saw bears, Joel. I went, I went <laughs> hiking a bunch during the pandemic yeah. for the first time. And I... That was just a shift. You know what I mean? I mean, my yeah. point, my, I guess my point was, you know what? Who's not? I don't want to see. I love that I'm just making this all about Glenn Close doing the butt. I don't want to see <laughs> Glenn really Close. That really angered you. That's I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't even see it. I just saw the takes. I never see anything. I just see the takes. Uh, so I never watch anything anymore. Anyway, like, don't have time. Except for, the takes. I'm too love busy the looking takes. for uh, diner audio from 1976. <laughs> right. Man ordering eggs, 1974. <laughs> Rough audio. Raw, raw footage of man ordering <laughs> eggs. So uh, anyway, I, I just think that for me, there was a shift toward like, uh, you know, away from celebrity culture, which I liked because I like celebrities, too. And I love pop culture, but it just shifting to the woods literally, you know, was kind of fun. I'm yeah. waiting for the first Bear Vogue cover. Uh, exactly. Amazing. I would vote for Christian Seriano to style it. Let's go. <laughs> all right we're gonna take a quick break and be back with one more because look we got got a lot of runway when we're landing the craft and plane uh we'll be right back uh stick around and we're back Finally, Chris, what's something that you think is underrated? <laughs> underrated is abandoned mine videos. Um, <laughs> Chris, with the goal today. There it I'm is. I'm not kidding. So I started watching, this is the other thing, uh, Joelle, is like during the uh, pandemic, like I'm always really deep into YouTube because I'm sober and I really don't like, like to leave the house anymore. I so I like watch YouTube and then during the pandemic, I got. I used to watch mudlarking. That was my main thing. That's Which... in England, the Thames River. The oh, mud. Oh. It's two thousand. That's a two thousand year old city. So the mud of the Thames River is just loaded with clay pipes. Yes, and, yes. And 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 all clay and, pipes. And, and it's mostly clay pipes. They find just <laughs> tremendous amounts of clay pipes. And and I found out from when I broke my hip. I broke my hip a couple of years ago. Oh shit! No. And I watched mudlarking a lot during that. And so through this show. Nicola White Mudlark, who it turned out was like, t speaking of celebrities, mm -hmm. a, fa a fan of the Daily Zeitgeist, like connected us on Twitter. And I about talk about celebrities. <laughs> I about had a heart attack. <laughs> anyway, she's a mudlarker anyway. So but I started watching abandoned mine videos, which is where these people go in mines 
and there's a million mines. I guess mining used to be a huge thing. Ha ha. I mean, it was. <laughs> it's like there's, there's a Apparently. billion mines. Like the whole okay. country right. was mining up until like they invented Bitcoin or whatever. So they, yeah, now it's like mining, whatever, virtual mining and Mario Kart and everything. And um, so, <laughs> so. Can't wait for your crypto podcast. So, to come out. <laughs> I don't know, we get these Mario coins or something. Like, <laughs> Everybody's now you can buy stuff with Mario Kart, which is bullshit. <laughs> and that's what I was trying to explain to Disneyland before I got tased. So anyway, I I've been really kind of into these abandoned mine videos. It's one of these things where I started watching them like look through abandoned mines. And I've talked about it on this show before. And in the beginning, I was like, this is bullshit. There's only like three things you can find in there, like a old ore cart. Right. You know, predictable or like a shovel or whatever and they're like it's a riveted shovel that means it's old i mean it's really just pointing at things and being like that's old that's right. old which is like what i like to do actually in real life i love old stuff and just being like that's old oh that's definitely old or maybe it's not oh yes it is. <laughs> so anyway it's I, i've gotten really into abandoned mine videos to the point that i know every term for a mine i could basically do everything in a mine except for actually mine oh like if you had to be a spy like go undercover you're talking that talk. You're saying I could do any of it. They hit me with me a minor. Hit me with some. Hit me with yeah, a minor. Like oh, blend in right now. I'd be like, hey Chris, hey Chris, uh, what kind of mines you working before? Oh, just ones with lots of stopes. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of stopes, and there's a winds, and there's drifts, mm -hmm. uh, and um, you know, what kind, the skulls. what kind of equipment? What kind of equipment you been on? What oh, kind pneumatic of drills. On, right? I mean, pneumatic drills, obviously. Mm -hmm. sure. uh, you know, what there's else? a lot of pressurized air and. Uh, um, we're using it. We, sometimes we, uh, sometimes we, uh, we hey, follow eye contact. The... Hey, hey, Chris, don't drift off, man. Look me in the eyes, man. Because we got a lot of spies coming in here to this mine. And the government's been trying to fuck up our operation. Meet and, me, you know, meet me at them. the winds. Meet me at the winds, <laughs> the winds and we'll talk about it. We'll sneak up into a stope and we'll talk about it. And anybody who knows about mines knows exactly what exactly I'm saying. Exactly what right I'm now. talking yeah, about. Yeah, meet you at the stope behind the stall. <laughs> I mean, I know every goddamn thing there is to know in a mine. I know how old shit is. Like, if you if I look at an ore car, if it's riveted, it's pre-1900. If it's not riveted, if it's welded, it's a later one. Okay. I mean. What, what's the best, if you want to get into mining videos, where's the best place to start? What videos should we be looking at? I like Western Mine Detective, because he seems like he okay. goes in there with very little equipment. Like, there's WMD, some guys huh? that go in there, like, they're, like, armed for... You know, they, they look like spacemen when they go in there. Right. This guy okay, kind of okay. just goes in in a pair of shorts with a flashlight and just starts running around. Oh, I like yeah. that. Okay. And I want to do it now. And if anybody wants to, once my podcast, once my Twitch cast gets to a million viewers, we're going to start doing, uh, you know, mindfulness m mindfulness weekends <laughs> at, in abandoned mines. <laughs> we got to get you an IRL stream rig so you can go stream live from a mine shaft. Yeah. Yes. And they so can watch you me. go. My, go looking into abandoned mines. That's the new cold brew got like. I want to do it. That's nothing more cold brew than that. And that's, I relate to these people. I mean, they got nothing, you know, it's like they're looking for mystery. They're hoping to find something, but they found an ore cart. Called pointing at stuff, saying it's old. My yeah. kind of show. That's, is that a skip car? There's a, something called the skip car too, which is lo looks like an ore cart. And they love looking at those and being like, I think that's a skip car. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that looks like an ore cart, but I'm pretty sure that's a skip car. That is a skip car or it's maybe an ore cart. Hey, either way, you got to watch the videos <laughs> to be able to say it unequivocally. I just said, yeah, Western Mind Detective is, is the I gave, you know, all I can say is they have more to offer than they first. If you just yeah. dipped your toe into abandoned mind videos and you're like, ah, this isn't for me. Go back again. Speaking of bygone structures that are abandoned and of little use, let's talk about the Congress. 
Um, and specifically <laughs> as it nice. relates to police reform. Uh, today is the anniversary of uh, George Floyd's killing. And Joe Biden was really looking forward to signing a police reform bill, one that they passed in the House that had all kinds of reforms in it, including banning chokeholds, certain kinds of no knock warrants like the ones that led to the death of Breonna Taylor and even uh, ending the practice or the doctrine of qualified immunity, um, which is a huge one. It's the reason why many police are able to get away with all the bullshit that they do is because they can never because of qualified immunity. They're protected from facing any kind of civil lawsuits and being financially liable. And we've seen what happens with when it comes to a criminal case. It rarely happens unless we have video of the entire thing, unfortunately, like in the case of uh, George Floyd's death. So we talked recently about how Representative Jim Clyburn, who's just, again, a monster in the, in the House of Representatives, one of the just legendary black Congress people who, you know, has outsized influence in the House. He went out and said that he was willing to negotiate qualified immunity, that that was on the table. Like more than chokeholds or anything, qualified, like getting rid of qualified immunity is massively important. It completely changes the game in terms of what you can face. Yeah. Now, a quick little refresher on qualified immunity. Now, this is actually coming out of a 1871 civil rights law that made a first, it made government officials they were liable financially. If you violated someone's constitutional rights, you were on the hook for, for those kinds of offenses. But then in a series of rulings in the mm -hmm. late 1960s. Oh, what timing? <laughs> the late, huh? What kind of the late? And I, uh, what was going on then? Uh, uh, no, hmm. the, mm. uh, Woodstock? So the Supreme Court decided <laughs> that an officer is immune from liability unless it can be shown that he or she broke, quote, clearly established law in the process. This creates a world where all of the burden is on the plaintiff. And if you don't have, if a case wasn't tried with nearly identical sets of details, it would be easy for them to throw the case out. Um, so let's say there may have been a subtle dispute where someone was tased while handcuffed. Let's say you were pepper sprayed while handcuffed. You couldn't point to that and say, well, in this case, it was decided because they'll say, well, this isn't like the exact same set of circumstances. I know they may be similar, but unfortunately, you cannot bring this case against this officer. And yeah, to your point, Joel. Yeah, the 60s, huh? So they needed they needed to protect the police so they could violate people's civil rights as they were fighting for their own civil right? Huh. huh. America. Mm. Never before needed to protect cops like this. You know, it's a pretty <laughs> right. it's a pretty even line before. And now who you know, black people are scary. What's happening? Well, now and you know, th this is the thing. Now we're living in a world where most decent people are looking at what's going on in this country and the world and say, how the fuck can a cop just get away with this kind of shit? Like, well, how you know, like that's actually a question. I was like, how is this possible? And a huge, huge factor in all that is because they won't face any kind of money trouble, any financial liability or being able to be taken to court for maiming or killing somebody. So this just brings you back to Clyburn. And I just got to say, Maxine Waters, she came out and she said, I absolutely think it's not. Why would you come out and say that you're, that's on the table? How do you negotiate like that? Why are you saying this really important thing is up for discussion? Um, and so I just want to play her response, because after a few other uh, Democrats have said, well, you know, we don't want the perfect to be the enemy of the good. I guess we could just pass it because you want to negotiate with Republicans. Here's Maxine Waters response to all that. 
But I'm not giving up on qualified immunity. I do not want to send any message to anybody uh, that I'm willing to support uh, legislation that does not have it in it. I think we've got to be tough. We've got to be consistent and understand uh, that we've got to hold police officers accountable. Even since the death of George Floyd, we've continued to have killings of black unarmed men in particular. And so these police officers know that they have the support of the police unions. They have the support of city council members who are intimidated uh, by the police unions police chiefs who are afraid that if they don't go along, they can be chief, and even some mayors. I'm so proud of those mayors that are willing to stand up and fight, and for the police chiefs that are willing to stand up and fight. But history tells us uh, that uh, they have been intimidated too long, given in too much, and the police don't believe that they're going to be held accountable. That's why even after George Floyd, they continue to kill. And so I want qualified immunity out. There it is. Pretty clear. That's one yeah. of the reasons. So you know, much you damn emotion in her voice. And it's so hard to hear black elders like being emotional about this shit because you know that it's been going on like their whole life. Yeah. And their parents' whole life. And they had, and I think the 60s is super poisonous. And just in that, like, there was such, like, inspiration and chance for hope. And, like, people really thought shit was going to change. And mm -hmm. by the 80s, it was just so very clear that it wasn't going to change. And then in the 90s, there was, like, a resurgence. And they were like, okay, for real this time, though, y'all, for real. And then, uh, you know, it's still not happening. And, and there's so many waves of just, like, how many times do you have to go through this very basic shit? before we could all just get on board and be like, you know, it's really not cool for cops to just shoot people. Like, point, yeah. like that's it. Like, that's the whole, that's the length of the argument. <laughs> it's like, it's not, you can't be an executioner. That's not your job. Your job is well, yeah. to kill. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And these are the, I think, the fractures in the party for Democrats that just become clearer and clearer and clearer. Oh, yeah. You know, the progressive agenda isn't, the you know, for those pushing a progressive agenda, they're not as bashful as they used to be in recent years, because it's easy to get silenced by the establishment wing of the party. Just be like, oh, they're a fringe thing. Please don't. That's just a distraction. Now people are coming out, you know, unequivocally about what are we doing? You know, because for the for all of the uh, incrementalism that politicians love in D.C., all that incremental change, that glacial pace, every second that ticks by is a life that's potentially lost because we're not willing to just solve the problems that are so clear even to the point where we're like why is this how is this possible what are we huh and yeah there's too many massive structures in place to to uh sort yeah, of so allow for that change that's what i'm thinking about like jim Clyburn. i was just reading a little bit about him about his positions in the past you know he he initially voted against gay marriage and then you know came around his mm -hmm. position evolved uh there evolved he's had evolving positions like every senator and congressperson because they have to because they're part of the power structure and their the power structure is in place because of the police largely i mean the police are frightening and have been militarized and democrats and republicans have watched as military surplus military equipment was was transferred to the police i mean this at a is, good rate at a good rate they got a good deal on that stuff though. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. So like, you know, like my hometown where there's no crime at all has like armored troop carriers and shit. Right. And, you know, so I don't know, you know, I think Jim Clyburn, just like with, 
all of them are under background forces that are because it makes, of course, perfect sense to get rid of qualified immunity. It's that's a deranged thing to have. I think, yeah, the other thing is just they don't understand what political capital they have. Like to even say, mm-hmm. I think like to to them, they look at it as like, this is how it works in the Hill. You have a bill. You just kind of show your cards to the media. You start working out. You know, you, you kind of got to give this up to get the other thing because then down the road, you're going to make this ask or whatever. But all of that triangulation is just so cynical. It's just so slow moving that it doesn't allow for real substantive change because you're trying to do all this triangulation when you could just be like, look, this is the position. If not, right, well, like- and it would make sense in, in a, a system that didn't have exclusively two parties, specifically one of which is consistently acts in bad faith. Like yeah. you can't. It's it's wild to me when we hear Democrats talk about like, oh, well, we're going to we're really working with Republicans, but the Republicans aren't working with y'all. Like, it's mm-hmm. always a one sided like we'll give a little here. We'll give a little there. I don't understand how, especially when the data shows that the majority of Americans, period, are interested in these kinds of reforms, why they can't just stand in their truth on that. Like, I don't understand because they're not going to ever come to your yeah. aid. It's not I think flip. it's the culture of politician and mm. is, is changing. That's why we see younger people entering the House who are more progressive are like, they're just going to they're going to sign on to letters who are they're trying to be more vocal and things like that. Whereas many other people are like, well, it's just you don't want to do too much too soon. And it's like this isn't that's not how it works. Too many people are dying because too little is being done too late. So, yeah, and the Republicans are absolutely deranged. I mean, they've proved them. So I don't even you can't I don't even call them. A, it's not they don't deserve to be called a party anymore. I mean, no, honestly, no, absolutely not. I, they are they are after the you know, January 6th thing and them just trying to ignore that it happened. I mean, you know, this is and after they stoked it and then it happened and now they're just pretending it didn't happen at all as if I mean, really in an authoritarian like George Orwell type, it didn't happen like it just didn't happen yeah. the way you saw it. Yeah, but it's, it's money in politics. I mean, Jim Clyburn, like the rest of them, need corporate money to get elected. They need lots of it. And that's underlying it all. Until the reason why these progressives can't be progressive is because Mm. until there is money out of politics in a significant way, we will never get anything different than this bullshit. It just because these people are not. Until you need less than five hundred million dollars to get elected, you're never going to get people that you want in there who are really going to be able to make moves because they are beholden. And Mm. I know that's nothing new to say, but I mean, it's like there's so much money in politics. Yeah. There shouldn't be any money in politics. I when mean, you look at the sums that are spent to just have Joe Biden in office yes. for the little drips and drabs of progress you get, you're like, man, what? And like, imagine just one person, one person gives you a million dollars and says, my brother's a policeman. I'll give you this money. But you ever take away qualified immunity? I mean, and then you take that voice and apply it to like Dow Chemical telling you that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, being like, listen, we like our plants. We like our pipelines. We don't want people fucking with them. And police will not beat the fuck out of these people protesting the pipelines if there's no more qualified immunity. You know, there's and they have to consider that even if they don't want to and they know it's wrong. They have to or else they won't right. get elected. And that's because of fucking money in politics. And there I know that's not, you know, a wild take, but it's just like. No, but I think it goes it 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 shows the absurdity of the system in general, you know, that there are such simple things that can be done that could optimize it. I mean, but more than anything, because of the like sort of capitalist class of people that are able to manipulate all of our policy because 
They yeah. have all of this, all these resources. That's just that and, perversion isn't going to be able tools to tools given to them, up. explicit tools given to them, like dark money packs and things. I mm -hmm. mean, they've, they've made it easier and easier for people. Even people from other countries are, you know, they say no foreign. I mean, there's no way to know who donates to these. Oh packs. no, even with a 501c4, baby. By design, they're they're yeah. made. They're made for people that, who who hate, who never want to have, who love sadists, who love to see police beat people, donate to these packs. Yeah, and there's a new there's there's been new analysis too of like what sort of the new conservative donor looks like, and it's like a lot of these like wealthy boomer business owner people mm -hmm. who have a lot of money from their like own businesses, small businesses, but enough to give in the millions who are hell bent on, you know, keeping their racist grandparents rants alive uh, <laughs> through who they put in office. Really quickly, I just want to touch on a little bit of good news, which is Trump's blog. Ah. It's an mm -hmm. absolute fucking turd, <laughs> failure, nonsense. It's like, like everything else he's ever done. It's in a life. blog. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely, it has become irrelevant. I love that. They are That's looking so nice. at sort of what, what kind of mentions he used to get, right? And what the height it was in the fucking 60 million like numbers. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. He's down to like, Basically, beginnings of the 2016 presidential campaign levels of like mentions. Uh, it's like Wonderful. really, really low. And it's to the point great. where like <laughs> there's people who this computer science professor, uh, Megan Squire, the way she described it is he's whistling in the wind. People just aren't <laughs> people just aren't following him to his little desk platform. And we can see that in the numbers. The difference is ridiculous. He doesn't I have that same ability. Huh? I hope the name of his blog is Whistling in the Wind. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Trump, Whistling in the Wind. That's too smart. You're giving too much oh, credit. Oh, yeah, he would never. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then he says he doesn't have the same ability anymore flag, to constantly. Flag, doc. <laughs> doesn't have the same ability to constantly put his content in people's faces the way he did before. Thank and God. it's like he's kind of panicking, great. too, because he doesn't know what to do because he knows it's not hitting like he used to. He can't and even he's start about to get YouTube. arrested too. He's got mounting legal fees, and they're saying he's about to get arrested. The one they they point at, look oh, at all these wait. other conservative platforms that were created. You know, a lot of conservatives like tried to create these alternative social media platforms because of cancel culture, and they tried to predict like, oh, if we can just get Trump to use our product, then we're going to be fucking killing it. But the thing is, they keep asking him to endorse <laughs> one of these, and he won't. Because he looks at them as like lesser, less than like sort of analogs to like Twitter. So he's like, no, it's like an off brand Twitter. I'm not going to do it. Like he, yeah. he still gets that he wants to be on Twitter and it doesn't matter. Even if they give him money, <laughs> they say that might change because to your point, Chris, legal fees. But oh, at the moment, yeah. he's like, you know, it's like when your parents like we have McDonald's at home. He's like, we don't have McDonald's at home. We have parlor or whatever the fuck it is. It's not Twitter, <laughs> mom. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and, which is now his whole team is trying to work on something they're calling P Trump oh, Media shit. Group, which they um, hope to launch in the summer. will include a mm, new social media platform. And wait. they say they talk to Trump regularly about it and they're getting updates on it. But the final product is not ready yet. So, okay, several we'll points. Why would anyone in their right mind try to launch a social media app this summer? We are going to be wilding in the <laughs> Who yeah. the hell is looking for a new social media platform right now? Oh. It's shot girl summer. I love it. Stop it. I love Joelle Stop with the it. practical side of it. Just like, first of all, <laughs> yeah. you know, just, a, just a plain old business. business. I'm going to be chasing bears in the woods. 
<laughs> this is not the time to be launching an app. Well, the other thing is like, what makes Twitter great is the discourse. And you're not going to bring liberals to a Trump-supported app. It's just not going to happen. And so it's going to be like when they put private servers up for like, Nazis on video games. They're like, Nazism? Fine. You go to that server with all the other Nazis and live in that little hole and everybody else will leave you alone and it'll be great. There's no way. You're not going to get the discourse, which is what makes social media juicy in the first place. Who's that for? Why are you doing this? I just It's annoying to me that he can be so bad at business and get so many chances. That's correct. At least 15% better at business than Trump. I didn't go to business school. I'm terrible with money. Give me some money. I will make a plan for you. It'll be better. Not much, but a little bit. Interesting. It's amazing what I love the, that you know the the right I love that right melanin levels and generational wealth can do for you you know I love that so much I love that that analysis because like this is the thing the funny thing about this is I've been thinking this but I didn't really understand it's just because he's old like I love they're launching this summer like just the whole idea that they're gonna need all that time like um like someone younger would have this would have had this thing up and running like the day he was out the or door or convinced him he's, to pivot something yeah. it's because they're using you know they're using their crony network of people's nephews and cousins to design this shit and it's gonna be a piece of shit and it's gonna take forever i just i'm just gonna it's love gonna... when they're like oh my god the maga world bled him dry like even the little <laughs> bit of money he had like they completely just jason miller's son is really good at the internet so he's designing the new trump <laughs> blog and he's like wait i'm just looking at the accounting you gave that kid 30 million dollars to develop a fucking yeah, yeah. a skin for a wordpress site Oh, and he's hanging out with Matt Gates. Oh, fuck. Where did that money go? Yeah, it's oof. anyway. Uh, let's uh, wrap this section up and we'll come back to for some riveting discourse Woo! on the music oh, of I'm our so generation to... uh, right after this. <laughs> and we're back. I guess mm. I will I will start off by talking about this new album from my perspective as a completely ignorant older millennial person. I know that Olivia Rodrigo <laughs> had an album come out called Sour. I yep. saw the memes that said <laughs> millennials are feeling like little emo kids again. And I said, OK, mm. that's interesting. Mm. I did hear I know of this song Driver's License, and that's <laughs> all I knew prior to listening to this. Uh, album because I just knew it was a you know a, that's what we do here on the daily zeitgeist if it's just, it's part of it we got to dabble in it we got to dip our toe in so Joel lead us in this discussion now of Olivia Rodrigo's sour okay listen as we prepare to enter a world determined to reestablish the status quo after we've learned so much how life can change and be better as we mm-hmm. enter a world where everyone is horny as bunnies and relationships mm-hmm. are going to be mute for at least the next six months we could all He's a heavy dose of teen angst and heartbreak. Okay. Mm. Olivia Rodrigo is here to even the scales of whatever is about to be this summer. Okay. Famous <laughs> for her turn on High School Musical, the musical, the TV series, one of the greatest titles for a television show ever. And later for her whirlwind romance with co-star Joshua Bennett, allegedly, but allegedly, uh, chron- <laughs> which she allegedly chronicled in her first song, Driver's License. Olivia Rodrigo has one of the most epic introductions to pop stardom since Lady Gaga. Wow. Now, like okay. Lady Gaga, whose fabulously wealthy parents and connections in the industry didn't stop the world from viewing her as the hot new thing from out of nowhere, Rodrigo, as Olivia Hornwright wrote for Pitchfork, has been on TV for roughly a third of her life and is signed with the biggest record company in the world. And everyone views her as an underdog. 
right? Mm. So mm -hmm. Rodrigo is heavily inspired by Taylor Swift, which you can hear all throughout Sour. Sour is about your first major heartbreak and all of the angst that comes with that. Mixes heavy guitars, orchestral strings, Rodrigo, and collaborative writer Daniel Negro intro of the album with one of my new favorite bangers, Brutal. Uh, if you didn't catch it, that was my intro song. Uh, was inspired by the song Brutal. If you've ever mm. been a 17-year-old girl, I was, this album will shoot you back to your final year of high school where you were impatiently waiting for life to begin with lyrics like, I'm so insecure, I think that I'll die before I drink. And I'm so sick of Ooh. 17, where's my fucking teenage dream? The anxious, hormone-riddled, insecure feelings come rushing back, but so does the power of the fuck it. The feeling that you'll never die and the whole world lays before you if only you could figure out where to start. The two-minute and 23-second power jam blows out the eardrum and revives the inner brat, drama queen, jerk, lover, hiding beneath our practice manners, and it's so, so, so good. The album launched after Rodrigo dropped a music video for Good For You, which was directed by Petra Collins. DC fans already know my love for Haley from Paramore, and there's definitely inspiration laced throughout the song. Cheerleader aesthetics, a la Nirvana's Team Spirit, and Avril Lavigne's video is pop punk perfection. They light her bedroom on fire, and then they flood it at the same time. Teens have so many emotions. Driver's License spent eight weeks at the top of Billboard's Hot 100. The piano-heavy power ballad is rumored to be about Rodrigo's relationship with Bennett, as I mentioned at the top, but that's not been confirmed. Online sleuths have been hard at work decoding old IG posts between the stars. We're going to leave speculation to the professionals, but what I love about this song is a feeling of driving melancholically through your hometown. Rodrigo said she wrote the song after driving around crying. I get it, girl. Destined to become an epic karaoke song and probably a great stadium ballad, the best part is the bridge, which is designed to be sung and heavily with a heavily intoxicated crowd. Reminiscent of Maggie Rogers, say it. Driver's license launches Rodrigo to global stardom. I'm curious about the, this album. Okay, this is where yeah. I'm. I'm I'm looking at it through the lens of like some of the music, like just the arrangements don't vibe with me. But I'm thinking, I was like, but no, there was a time when Vanessa Carlton got into my fucking mind, even though it was the last <laughs> shit I would put on um, be like, bury me with my Vanessa Carlton LP. And I was trying to keep my heart open for this. And what I found was I liked the like deep cuts. Like I liked one step forward, three steps back. That's I was a good feeling song. that one. Mm -hmm. Jealousy, jealousy was I, I was digging that one too. But those felt like those are a little. I think it was because the production I could relate to a little bit more. That's fair. The angst, though, I was feeling the deja vu, which said fucking strawberry ice cream, Malibu. You know what I mean? With the fucking two spoons. Yeah. I one remember that for shit. Two. One spoon for two. Deja vu is my shit because I love a song that is about just jealousy and hating a bitch. I can't hate outwardly. It's really hard for me. I'm a very forgiving <laughs> so you need person. A song. But a song will get me there. I'll be like, you, we did that first. And every time you're with her, deja vu. Whatever you're feeling for her, you felt for me originally. Me. Don't forget. Ooh, ooh, it gets under the skin. It's good. Listen, this album bounces back and forth between a lot of, like, there's obviously a lot of inspiration from like early 90s rock, but then the, Ots like punk pop princess era. Uh, yeah. There's some new stuff. It's a very, very much a musical theater kids album in that it's very leading with yeah. either you know pianos, guitar, or um, xylophone are kind of heavily featured instruments, and it's leading with her vocals. It for me, it's an album no skips. <laughs> like, I've listened to the whole album several times. Brutal is easily my favorite track off the album. I think it, it's a 17 year old's album. And I think that's right. the difference for a lot of people. If you're like me and like 
17 was like a very hard time for me. Like I didn't know which way was up. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I sort of felt like a failure trying to get into college and it was an awful experience. It was a mess. And sometimes it's nice to revisit it, especially for a 17 year old who's got a lot of talent, who is sort of going through the basic emotional upheavals that I think, again, as like a 30 year old, I can't publicly display any of that, but sometimes I still feel it on the inside and it's cool yeah, to sure. walk out with an album that's like expressing that that's that, right right fun. a very specific a specific hurt chris you know that feeling of going to malibu strawberry ice cream spoons for two uh i grew up in connecticut in the 1970s <laughs> <laughs> how do you what do you think like okay so let's see what are the parallels here do you you what did, what was your first idea knowing like when i i i hit you up i said we're going to talk about this album is a sensation is for you know uh-huh. very emo's gen z angst album what are you seeing from your from 52,000 feet okay i'm kind of kidding uh i mean i grew up in the 80s mostly i was born in, <laughs> I was born in 69 so all right uh but I was born in 69, so like, you know, 15, 17 in 1986. Right. So for me, this kind of stuff was like, uh, I don't uh, Bruce Hornsby, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Some things will never change, which of course is sampled by like Puff Daddy. I mean, or something. Like, I mean, that's not even how people will ever understand that song now. They're like, oh, that's a sample. Oh, yeah, by Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see no or changes. Tupac. All yeah, I yeah. see is ris- racist faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, Tupac's version is awesome. But anyway, I'm I'm a big pop music fan though. Mm-hmm. So I mean I I can I, I right away like this. Mm-hmm. But it also reminded me of so many other things. It reminded me of Lord. Sure. Like mostly. Like Green Light. It sounds like the whole record to me, I just skimmed it, but it sounds like all sounds like Green Light by Lord. And also I don't this is this is the part where I'm just gonna be a crabby old. Here <laughs> we it. go. Like, it's not as good as Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to say that. But I don't need any more 17-year-old perspective, and need, neither, neither does anyone else. What? And, uh, we have so many 17-year-olds weighing in the... on being 17, which is like the least consequential age. Everyone grows up past that unless you get run over by a truck. Oh, my goodness. I mean, like, you, I'm just saying that, like, the reason why teenagers are making all the music today Usually paired up with an older white guy, which is this Nigro, Dan Nigro, who's listed as the principal songwriter on all these songs. Mm-hmm. It's another like Jack Antonoff kind of guy. Mm-hmm. It's like these these white older guys telling 17 year olds what 17 year old angst sounds like for the consumption of the most people, because old people and young people are the only ones who buy CDs now. These there are still idiots who buy CDs and they're mostly <laughs> Physical children are coming back. They're mostly children. Children still buy CDs. Mm. And so that's why music is mostly aimed at teenagers because they're the only ones who still spend money. And so do old people, old, old people. That's why like Rod Stewart was able to put out like 90 albums of standards. <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? It's because old people don't know how to steal music and neither do 15 year olds. So I'm just saying <laughs> this, this, this I, and I'm not, I'm not saying like Joel at all that I don't like it. No, no, I, no, do. I, actually, don't. I think, I, no, but I do. I do like it, but I am tired of like this is what life is. Right. I'm I'm like 17. I used to be a, I mean, 17 is is hard. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. But you can get past it. Of and course. I'd rather hear songs about that than hear about like more breakup songs from like 17. But sometimes a song is just about being in your feelings in that moment. And I think that while I completely agree, like I don't like my music for the past 
six years has all been at least women in their 30s, right? Like, if you think about what's happening, not just in pop music, but specifically, like, Black pop music, like, for me, it's, like, Solange, SZA, who I think is in her mid-20s, uh, mm-hmm. then you have Cardi B and her, and it's all these women who are, like, way past this, like, teenage phase, and they're talking about grown woman shit, which has been phenomenal, like, very grateful to have had these women in my life to get me through the last horrible yeah. couple of years. But there's something, I think, particularly in the same way that I was really jazzed when Willow started releasing music, there's something about young women coming out and singing, like, just, like, these, like, I just love a fuck it song. I really, really do. And I feel like this whole album is basically, like, I'm so in my feelings and I'm so hurt and I don't know what to do about it. This is it. that shit that you blast. Yeah, you just got broken up with at a Shake Shack and you're driving home because the meal was ruined because you got broken up with and you're blasting this with tears coming down your face because that's what you need it for. But my question is to you, Chris, have you ever listened to a track in this sense, like where you're like, I this was this is what I needed at my lowest. It yes. helped bring this thing I out of me. I love sad songs. I love breakup so what, songs. So, so what I, is that I'm, for I'm you? Just, this is coming What's, from a 15 Oh, I know. I get that. I mean, but that's what I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. year old angst to me is like, listen, <laughs> here's what you write a song about. You write a song about how love isn't real. And eventually you find out that the real thing is just looking at bears and deer. <laughs> <laughs> so my perspective is love. Yeah, sure. I mean, you can yell and scream about it. But in the end, it, it's just, you know, you're going to get divorced and just, you know, get real and. And and go on a diet or whatever. I mean, you know, go paleo. <laughs> what's a song? What though, I mean is, but, like, from a fifty-two-year-old specifically to you. What when you were seventeen? What's a song you listened to to feel all angsty and emotional? What was that song for you in that time? Get in your DeLorean, Chris, and tell me what you're listening to. I did. Oh God, I wish I was rich enough to have a DeLorean. <laughs> uh, I was. Uh, I would say like. God, I listened to a lot of John Denver, Cat Stevens. Right, right, right. Cat okay. Stevens, uh, the uh, father and son song. Uh-huh. What's that one? It's the one where the kid's going to leave home and his dad's like, he's like, I got to go. And his dad's like, stay. And and he's like, I got to be a man. And, right. And, it, uh, you know, it's the same it kind of stuff. interesting, though, how lyrics have like evolved, right? Because you go from like this Cat Stevens song father and son where it's just like there's so much you have to know find a girl settle down if you want you can marry look at me i'm old but i'm happy like if it felt very folksy then and then like there's like then i think of like what the angst was maybe around like like a fiona apple title like her Mm -hmm. album title which is very poetic yeah you know you know Mm -hmm. what i mean where she's like i've got my feet on the ground and i don't go to sleep to dream you know you're like oh shit and now we have like the lyrics of Olivia Rodrigo that are like so easy to like just to understand. There's no ambiguity in the lyrics. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about straight up jealousy. We're talking about why are you comparing the relationships? We're talking like quite literally, I feel like a fucking loser. <laughs> you know yes, what I mean? And yes, I think there's something yes. to the directness that is very different to the, the this style of music or this genre of track where like we're now just being like, yeah, man, I fucking hate my stepmom. And it's fucking <laughs> up my life, you know, like, but like yeah. with, without any point, poetry Chris, to it. To your point, like, like, of course, you can get past 17, but there's some like, but when you're 17, that's the hardest thing you've ever had to go through. Right. It's like, like, as older people, we can obviously be like, oh, no, like, sweetheart, this is this is gonna be fine. You're gonna work this out. Give it like two years. You're gonna be a totally different person. Don't even worry about that. But there's something so distinct about like, this is the hardest time I've ever known. And it's so challenging. And all I want to do is be better. And that, just that little kernel, I don't know if I'll ever get rid of that kernel. Like, I just <laughs> want to be a little better. I just... It's weird, yeah. Because I 
I used to have like albums I could listen to like mm-hmm. when I was in my most emotionally turbulent. Like that mm-hmm. were these kinds of songs where I was like, fuck it, bro. Bodies, Park. <laughs> bodies by fucking Smashing Pumpkins. This is a much better choice. <laughs> I will fucking listen to it. Or Billy Corgan is like, love is suicide. <laughs> You're like, oh <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Fucking feeling that shit. But I also, I, I've noticed like as a person, I'm kind of like, as I become an elder washed person, mm. I'm having trouble tapping into like that era of like the chaos. Like it's more nostalgic more than like, like they're like it's still in there or something. I wonder if this is the last time I'll be able to feel this way about I don't know. person's album. Is it coming for me? It seems like though maybe this album is having that effect on people that thought they couldn't feel that anymore, mm. and they could. Mm. You know, I yeah, I, I think I I I bet you I I used to listen to Lord a lot. I like pop music, so I think it sounds good. I'm just offering this, like you know, as a person who has uh, just I you know I, being older, like you know what I mean is like. Well, here's the thing. Older music is failing. It's not like this music is failing. It's people who are my age that are failing. They're writing. I just wish lyrics for older people weren't all just broken poetry junk. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like this this kind of lyrics, this Olivia Rodriguez is my. This, I, I like this. Rodrigo, I like this. I, you know, this sounds good. To me, I like you calling it. I wish this, oh, this Oliver Rodriguez fella. <laughs> well, I only found Olivia out about Rodriguez. this. I saw your email. <laughs> right, right, I saw right. your email. I saw your email thirty seconds before this show. Oh my God. So I just, I just, I just think that actually it's more of a failure of music be- being made by people my age, which is just like sort of like REM type lyrics. You know, just like broken poetry yeah. forever. Like I want to hear. So Chris, I just like lyrics that are about. Like, your, so okay, like I'm saying. Olivia Rodrigo's out here being like fucking deja vu. You you did all this old shit. We did it too. Fuck you talking about. So how would you write this more like direct blow nail on the head form of song lyric writing for your for your era for your people right now? Because you said where's my album like that? <laughs> well, as I was saying, I just write about like heart health, getting your steps in. Yes. Um, you know, uh, don't drink coffee too late. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, falling in love's out of the question. Who cares anyway? I got no sex drive anymore, so. <laughs> falling in love's out the question. That's just such a powerful message for a song, and it's just so yeah. literal, yeah. Love is not, you know, love is not as important as going to your therapist. Right. I just wish there was more, um, there's just a lot of bourgeois adult pop music right now mm. that's just about, like, I don't know, fake spirituality and like but you know it's like i would say that the main topic of adult music now is like mindfulness or something (laughs) right right right. everyone became a buddhist in malibu or some shit i'm actually all about this stuff except i just wish there was more of it in a way like more i'm just tired of the breakup stuff that's all i mean i i love i mean we got taylor swift who does good stuff you know i'm also suspicious of these weasels these white weasels like whoever this Antonoff and this Nigro and who are these people and why are they somehow, why are they in charge? Why is Nigro's name first and Rodrigo's name second on all these songs? Because that is important in songwriting. That means Nigro is the main songwriter. So why are these, why are these weaselly white men involved in all these uh, women? I mean, or anyway, it's not just women. There's just weaselly white men with like, kind of like, like cute haircuts running around (laughs) and I'm suspicious of them. (laughs) 
I love that. As a bald 52-year-old, you're like, man, what's oh, yeah. going well, on? Well, yeah. I'm suspicious of what? <laughs> These guys are just cute haircuts. What's I mean, their I'm agenda? Doing my best. I'm doing my best to hang in there in this conversation, but I really do dig that. I actually dig what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. think that I can't relate. Oh, to I don't them, think I like lyrics about fucking feelings. This, yeah, in no way was this conversation ever set up for anyone to, to, to disagree or anything like that, but I'm saying we're, well, I, we yeah. all have our perspectives. Yours is like, what a, what a fucking more breakup songs. I'm just like, yeah, get more literal, you know, because <laughs> I like listening to the radio. You know, I just wish there were more songs actually about relationships, but just different kinds. There's just a lot of like relationship stuff about fuck that person and fuck that person. And that person fucked me over. And I also think that's like sort of, you know, just there's a lot of that. I Usually I found out almost every breakup was my fault. You know, not not, you know, I think everybody <laughs> Like when they're younger, thinks the other person was totally at fault. Right, right, and I'm right. also tired of tired of that, you know, because that's not true. It's like when I go to AA and guys talk about their ex wives as if their ex wives like were a pre existing thing that they had nothing to do with it. They're like my fucking ex wife. Right, right, right. You know, like didn't you ask her to marry you? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like at some point you were really into that person. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I totally feel that, especially on the the line of like, there's more to life than relationships, right? You're gonna go through. So many other different types of things that there are actually songs to write about that we need. We need guidance through, you know, like the Solange's a seat at the table really helped me get through all of the Trump presidency. I feel you. Hell I yes. feel you. There's there's Hell more yes. than just being in love or being fucked over. Yeah. But to write either songs way, about. but I think albums are all they're snapshots, right? Like no one you sure. don't define your entire career off the one album. So I'm sure like next thing, you know, in twenty years time uh, on this trajectory olivia rodrigo will be talking about wellness <laughs> by the time that <laughs> album comes out and it'll be like so again it'll be like guys make sure you use headspace to get yourself a little relief and you're you like work oh, a headspace what? ad in here yeah and you're like <laughs> brilliant what the fuck? how did they do this and like it's charting y'all they've completely perverted it oh, man. i just think everybody should do a very deep investigation of why everybody every pop musician over 30 is out in the desert that's what i want to know <laughs> just easier why out is there, everybody man? out in joshua the tree what's happening in joshua? i don't yeah. know yeah <laughs> i don't understand they got to be in the woods with the deer and the bear the real right that's what i'm talking about springs i think it's i know bear. why they they want to be out of joshua tree because there's nobody out there so they can feel like they're the you know Trippy, the, man. the king man remember when morrison went down to mexico in 65 it's like that anyway with that note uh, we'll end the show right there. Please, y'all, make sure you check out Chris's Twitch show, which is yes. not going to be tonight. It will be tomorrow, tomorrow. because he's going to be doing a huge publicity stunt at <laughs> Disneyland on Tuesday. Um, but Chris, thanks so much for joining us, man. Where can people thank find you, you so and much. follow you and watch you and all that? You can. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, you do a better plug for my show than I do. Uh, it's it's called Cold Brew Got Me Like, and it's on Twitch every Tuesday usually, which would be tonight, but it's actually tomorrow this week because I'm going to Disneyland. And um, it's on 6.30 uh, Pacific every Tuesday night. Cold Brew Got Me Like, except for Wednesday this week. And then I'm at The Crofton Show on Twitter and at The Crofton Show on Instagram. And I write my advice column called The Advice King. And you can go listen to my first solo record, Ooh. Hello, It's Me, on all platforms. Yes. Yeah. Check out some of Chris's and his hits like got my back feeling like hell. Some <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to hear me? <laughs> you want to hear my super? You know, all my songs are about being break, broken up with. I can't believe yeah. it. 
<laughs> oh, I'm going to be so fucking. Please, oh, I'm finished. Please use toilet I'm bowl cleaner. I'm such a hypocrite. I'm such a hypocrite. All my songs are about being broken up. Except. That's the best. But see, we're living our truth. The baby. only thing, though, I will say is that I, I mostly blame myself. I think that's the that's the twist. There's only like one I, white I guy realized. involved in the writings of these songs, and that's my guarantee. No, you. No, you're here. That's insane. Oh, fuck me that, Miles. <laughs> oh, Miles, that you just fucking killed me right there. Oh, there's only one white guy involved in these songs. Oh, Don't fuck. need any help. Okay. From I'm done. Says. I'm done. I'm done. Hey, great, Chris. Is there a Twitter or a social media post something you like that you want to shout out? Oh, fuck. I always forget this part. Oh, man. God um, damn it. Let's see where it is. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. I love, I say God damn it like the oldest man in the world. Just uh, in general, I'm just going to say I like Twitter. Oh, great. I love it. In general. It's really good. Check On it out. On brand endorsement for you, Chris. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, Joel. thank you for helping me host today. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, just listen to you, read your takes, your musings, like that wonderful perspective into the album? Uh, sorry that went on for five minutes definitely no. got a text from the editor Passion. Passion. <laughs> like so long that's why I'm going to come here every time and just do a rant about something I'm passionate about last yeah, time was yeah, movies yeah. this is Olivia Rodrigo uh, you can find me all over the internet at Joelle Monique it's J-O-E-L-L-E M-O-N-I-Q-U-E one of the tweets I've really been digging Film Updates Media posted four count them four separate photos of Taika Waititi Tessa Thompson and Ortiz of I can't remember her first name. Y'all, if you know, you know. Making out. Okay? It's great. Taika is shooting the next Thor. Tessa's obviously in it because she's great. I think Taika and Ortiz are kind of connected romantically. Anyway, they're all making out together. Oh, you mean Rita Ora. Re oh, my God. Anna, bless you. Rita Ora. Rita Ora is there being a hot pop star. I loved it. And then at Michelle tweeted, Tessa's phone right now. 50 missed calls from Brie Larson. This is the queer polyamorous Woo! content I am looking for. Oh okay? my God. I don't have time to break it all down, what all of that means, but it's beautiful. If you know, you my know. heart is full. It's a gift from the pride gods. Okay. This is what the gays are looking for. This kind of content right here. It's beautiful. Shout out to Rita Ora. Wow. <laughs> Surprisingly, I know what that is. Yes. <laughs> I've seen that picture of three way kiss between that. Old director and whoever the beautiful, else handsome man <laughs> and the gorgeous women. The bisexual the energy the is off the charts. Cute haircut, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I remember for the longest time I was like, "Man, like, when's Rita Ora going to talk about being black?" I'm like, "Oh, she's Albanian." Okay, I, I feel that. We were all there, Miles. We were all there. <laughs> we're all like, all the black people. She's funky. What's going on with Rita Ora? <laughs> Is she a light skin or what's yeah. happening? We didn't hey, know. but either way, shout out to your Rita. We'd love to see it. Uh, okay. Let's see some tweets that I like. A couple tweets I like. First one is from Jessica Ellis uh, at Baddest Mamma Jamma. She tweeted, a good way to tell elder millennials from younger ones is to shriek sing, Beaches come from a can. And then see what happens. <laughs> um, next one from Dana Donnelly. Or uh, yes, at Dana, D-O-N-L-Y, Dana Donnelly tweeted very on par with the discussion we just had when i was 23 i thought my ex was a diabolical supervillain who ruined my life in a cold calculated way but now i'm 26 and i realize he was actually just a guy of average intelligence who simply didn't really give a shit about me <laughs> oh my god my yeah. heart wow yeah um oh, and last one at tony underscore for 7 
uh, tweeted, I wasn't productive at all during the pandemic, but it was actually my first pandemic. So I think that's fine. Uh, yeah, I think that's okay. Don't worry about Success. that. Don't get, don't get down on yourself too much. Uh, you can find me at Miles of Gray on Twitter and Instagram. Also check out the other show, uh, 420 Day Fiance, also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash 420 Day Fiance, and will be tonight, unless I also go to Disneyland, but check that out uh, at 420 p.m. Pacific. You can find us at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter, at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We got a Facebook fan page. We got a website, it's Daily Zeitgeist and all that. You check it out. We got That's where we post the episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Along with the song that we're going to ride out on. And that track is going to be a little bit of a remix, a little bit of a mix of like the Temptations. But if they were in Kingston and, uh, you know, maybe uh, they were doing a little rock steady vibe. Uh, this is called My Girl, the Temptations song, but it's a remix by Nick Bike. It's Nick Bike's rock steady mix. Uh, and it's just amazing how malleable Temptations are with a little bit of reggae backing. So check this track out. It'll be in the footnotes. Um, and yeah. Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts, check out the iHeartRadio app or Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get the podcast, you know, just come check us out. And uh, we'll see you later on today for the trending episode. Until then, peace and blessings. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you.